podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. You're listening to the Armchair Cricket Podcast. Hello everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Armchair Cricket Podcast, a podcast focusing on test cricket by armchair critics of the game. Continuing with our World Cup digest covering latest matches and news, today we have a packed agenda covering uh, matches number 12, 13 and 14, played between uh, England and Bangladesh, Afghanistan and New Zealand, and uh, the latest of them, India against Australia in that sequence. So, let's dig right into it uh, and welcome my co-host Ajit Hi Jit, how are you man? Hi Giri, I'm doing good. I just returned from a Sunday league game and I'm very tired, but uh, you know, it was good to hear that they won the match comfortably against Australia. Uh-huh. How was your match? Oh, we got a very one-sided uh, thrashing actually. The opponents oh. uh, wiped the floor with us. But uh, I don't want to go into that, I think. Sorry to uh, bring it up. <laughs> yeah, it's all right. It's all right. Mm. Anyway, coming back okay. to the World Cup, right? Yeah. Let's first look at uh, match number 12, which is England versus Bangladesh. Mm-hmm. right this match was played in cardiff and uh, bangladesh won the toss and elected to field first probably this was a very bold move by the bangladeshi skipper mashraf murtaza given that you know uh, the england batting lineup is so powerful right i think he probably had a tough choice because their bowling lineup is also equally powerful mm-hmm. so he chose to chase so jason roy and johnny bestop put up a very strong opening partnership so jason roy uh, first uh, kept a company with johnny bestop who made 51 then root who made 21 and butler who, who was promoted to number 4 ahead of oyen markan and he made 64 right uh, batting through all this jason roy made a wonderful 153 of just a 121 balls and he very well stood a chance to probably breach the 200 mark for england in odis but he got out after having hit three sixes in the same over to bahdi hasan for a well made 153 mm-hmm. after this oyen morgan and josh butler took over and put the finishing touches along with uh, chris wokes and liam plunkett so morgan had made 35 and wokes made 18 and plunkett 27 and they took the england score to a very strong 386 for 6 if you were to look at the bowling stacks for bangladesh shakib considered 71 runs of his 10 overs did not take a wicket mashraf murtaza took 1 for 68 Muhammad Shafiuddin uh, took 2 uh, for 78 Mustafizur Rahman took 1 for 75 uh, Mehdi took 2 for 67 and Mosaddeq Hossain rounded off the 50 overs when it came their turn to bat Bangladesh did not have a very strong start as Tamim Iqbal and Soumya Sarkar were dismissed by Wood um, and Archer respectively I think we can go into that dismissal of Soumya Sarkar a bit later Shakib Alhasan held um, innings together with a very well compiled 121 of just 119 balls mushfiqur rahim kept him company by making 44 but then mohammad mithun failed and mahmudullah made 28 mosaddeq 26 uh, and the rest of the tail was blown away by the england uh, fast bowlers so uh, chris wokes finished with 0 for 67 from his 8 overs jafra archer uh, took 3 for 29 in brutally fast nearly 9 over spell Liam Plunkett took 1 for 36. Markwood was a bit costly but took 2 for 52. Adil Rashid was 1 for 64 and Ben Stokes took 3 for 23. Ben Stokes and Jofra Archer sort of uh, wiped out the Bangladeshi tail. So uh, one of the talking points in this game for me is 
well england chose to rest moinelli so it at the end of last match uh, where they had lost to pakistan we read reports that they were reconsidering bringing back uh, liam plunkett but at the cost mm-hmm. of whom in this 11 right mm-hmm. so they decided to rest moinelli i was sort of expecting they may rest adil rashid actually but okay. i think uh, they want to continue him in the squad because uh, you know lexminas are sometimes uh, mm-hmm. confidence bowlers so as a result mm-hmm. they didn't want to probably affect that but it worked out in the end beautifully i think we can first get into that dismissal of soumya sarkar right kiri yeah what a delivery yeah um jofra archer is living up to that you know tagline of a fearsome fast bowler uh, and this was one of those deliveries uh, which was i think which soumya sarkar is a left-handed batsman and uh, this was bowled on a, off a good length i think probably pitched on leg stump just moved away a tiny bit hit the top of off stump dislodged the bail off bail to be precise and the ball flew uh, over the keeper's head and across the rope on the full so it was a six by archer uh, in a matter of speaking but what a delivery i think you had uh, mentioned offline about uh, another bowler of west indian pedigree uh, right. who could do the same when he hit the stumps care to have a word about him well west indies always have very fast bowlers and malcolm marshall seems to have once done this i remember reading about this that malcolm marshall had once bowled a batsman in a test match and the ball mm. after hitting the bail simply landed outside the boundary behind the keeper so i had not actually believed it i thought it was maybe a bit of an exaggeration right mm. but clearly not because uh, jofra archer repeated it in recorded tv right what a fantastic uh, fantastic bowler i think yesterday also while bowling he touched 153 kph and yeah. that was the fastest ball of the tournament at that point in time yeah and he's still warming up i think there is more yes. to come and we haven't seen uh, mohammad hasnain yet i think he can also go faster but what an amazing delivery right i mean uh, just the way it was bowled uh, just shows i think if you look at his uh, bowling figures as well uh, in less than 9 overs he considered 29 runs which included two maidens right and picked up three wickets right so he is a strike bowler and england have done such a good thing by including him in the squad i keep saying this again and again i keep repeating myself right. but what an inclusion he has been agreed no it's it, it's proving to be the right one as far as yeah. england are concerned right yeah so another thing you know the violence of that dismissal was not actually captured it's not like wickets tumbling over and over or whatever mm. all he dislodged was one bail mm. that's it but the ball flew over the fence Mm. so that is another way of probably displaying the same kind of violence or effectiveness right where you can see as a bowler they say the wicket tumbles yeah. over and the bowler feels really happy when he sees that right <laughs> so yeah. you know it's this is another probably sort of a way of scaring batsmen and the bowler to feel happy i guess mm. well lucky are the few who can actually do it mm. at my pace i mean if i ever to get somebody bowled which i did today Uh, i'm happy if one or both the boy bails fall off the wicket uh, don't gets dislodged or the ball just stays in front of the wicket right yeah never has the ball flown away so <laughs> i'm just dreaming about it how how is that even possible yeah yeah right just, anyway mm-hmm. you had another nice statistical point i think from yeah uh, yeah indeed yeah so if you look at the end score right uh, england won the match by 106 runs so right. they were never going to lose this i think with the kind of bowling lineup they had but at least bangladesh came tried to you know put up a fight and come close to the target and they were almost near 300 right thanks to a century by shakib al hasan mm-hmm. and if you've seen the recent trend shakib has been uh, you know batting up the order uh, for bangladesh 
Um, so he's been batting at number three, whereas I think when he started as well as over, I think, two years ago, he was batting at number five or number six. He was there as an all-rounder, and now he's being touted as, you know, a frontline batsman. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think if you look at India's batting lineup, the top three contribute the most. So probably Bangladesh have realized there is more, you know, batting uh, skill that he has, which can be, you know, um, tapped into uh, to make an impact uh, in the on the scoreline in the end. So he scored 121 runs. I just did a quick analysis uh, on Quick Info Stats Guru. Mm-hmm. Um, so over the last 12 months, uh, leading up to this day. Mm-hmm. In the 12 innings that he has batted in ODI cricket, um, right. Shakib uh, Al Hassan he has scored 639 runs. I mean, I'm talking about batting at position number three, so one right. down, right? Mm-hmm. So 12 innings, uh, out of which two were not outs, he scored 639 runs with the highest score uh, posted in this match, 121 runs. Mm-hmm. Um, a strike rate of 88.38. He has scored one century and six fifties. He right. averages 63.90 in that position at number mm-hmm. three in the last 12 months. So it seems to be working for him as well as for his team. Whereas right. if you look at his overall career, so in 201 matches, he has an average of 36.66. So if he continues to bat at number three, mm-hmm. I think his average will move up. His overall average will move up and probably help Bangladesh uh, win more matches. I think it's a very good move. I really like right. it. I think it might have been the new coach, Steve Rhodes, probably who has a hand in doing this or probably the uh, previous coach, which I think Chandrika Hathura Singha was the previous uh, Bangladeshi coach. One of these two could be credited with uh, this sort of move, I think. And yeah, as far as Bangladesh are concerned, it's a good thing. All right. So Bangladesh have not started really well. Well, they beat South Africa, but after that, they have lost a bunch of games. So I think they'll want to come back quickly. And England will take this as a confidence booster because they had lost to Pakistan, right? So they're mm-hmm. back on the on the horse, so to say. Mm-hmm. Going forward, the other match that was played uh, yesterday was uh, the match number 13, which was a day-night encounter between Afghanistan and New Zealand, right? So in this game, New Zealand won the toss and mm-hmm. fielded first. So having done that, Afghanistan started quite brightly. So, you know, there's a bit of talk about uh, the Afghanistan keeper, Mohammad Shahzad, being withdrawn from the squad because of... Uh, Injury. Your injury. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. But uh, later uh, yesterday, I think there was a video doing rounds on YouTube where he was, you know, he was uh, recording a message crying that he was actually not injured and he has been dropped and so on and so on. Right. So there's a bit of controversy, unfortunately, surrounding this uh, opening position for Afghanistan. But Hazratullah Zazai and Nur Ali Zadran began very steadily. Right. Hazratullah Zazai in a customary, mm-hmm. hard-hitting manner and Nurali very st- uh, steady. And they had brought mm-hmm. the score to 66 for no loss in just 10 and a half overs. So that's a mm-hmm. fairly good score, right? But then began a slide. So this uh, slide was begun by um, Ferguson, Lockie Ferguson and Nisham, who dismissed, um, well, Zazai was dismissed by Nisham for 34 and then Nurali Zadran for 31 by Ferguson. So this began the slide and Afghanistan ended up at uh, 6 for 109 and then 7 for 130 and 8 for 131. So there were no major contributions down the order except Hashmatullah Shahidi who made 59, very patient 59. And I think Rashid Khan who was dismissed by Ferguson was actually bold of his helmet. It was almost like the ball that was a good length ball jumped a bit higher and mm-hmm. he was not sort of expecting that and it hit his helmet and he sort of really nodded it onto the stumps. It looked like that but... It looked like this had a big impact on the game because he was withdrawn uh, because uh, he seemed to have suffered a concussion and he could not come out to bowl. So that mm-hmm. also probably affected Bangladesh. So when it comes to bowling, Lockie Ferguson took 4 for 37 and Jimmy Nisham took a career-best 5 for 31. 
and uh, Trent Bolt finished with no wicket for 34, and Grandom took one for 14. Right. Mm-hmm. So when it came their turn to bat, New Zealand had a shock because they lost Martin Guptill of the very first ball, where Aftabalam had him caught by um, you know a short uh, point sort of a position of the very first ball. And then Colin Munro made a patient 22, but then he was dismissed by Aftabalam again, trying to hit out and was caught at third man. Ken Williamson and Ross Taylor then comfortably took the score to about 130, by which time the, there was no more doubts about the result. And then Latham finished the match off with Williamson. So when it came to the bowling, Aftabalam took all the three wickets to fall and he took three for 45. And Rahmat Shah, who bowls not bad leg spin, if I may put it like this, took 5 for 21, but no wickets. And none of the mm-hmm. other players took wickets. Mm-hmm. So, basically, this was not a really challenging score for New Zealand. And they won this match very comfortably. And they are now placed very handily right at the top. So, they have won 3 out of 3. And they have a very solid uh, return rate of plus 2.163. Whereas, mm-hmm. if you look at Afghanistan, they have lost all 3. And they have a negative minus 1.49 as the return rate. So, technically, they are just below South Africa. But, uh, you know... This, uh, seeing how it's faring the tournament for them, unless Askar Afghan really recovers quickly from his injury and he's mm. brought back into this 11, I think their middle order looks really shaky. And Mohammad yeah. Nabi being promoted to five or six is not working. And the only guy that really bats well is Hashmatullah Shahidi and Gulbadin Naik. So in mm-hmm. this game, they tried to promote them both and uh, hold Nabi back, but that didn't work either. Right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. they'll they'll want Askar Afghan back as soon as possible. He provides that steadiness at number three or number four, and the rest of the batters can bat around him. Right. Mm. Also, what I saw was Ikram Ali Khil, the uh, keeper who's been drafted in in Mohammad Shahzad's place, is a looks like a much better keeper. Frankly, he looks like a more natural keeper. Mm-hmm. But while batting, he looked all at sea against. Uh, uh, Ferguson and uh, Nisham. He made two of 22, and it was a bit painful to watch. So, I don't know if he'll probably be dropped a bit lower down the order to allow people like Ashit Khan or Aftawalam to bat ahead of him. Let's see how it. But all in all, well, Afghanistan have a really challenging task from uh, here to really qualify, and New Zealand seem to be very well placed as they have uh, won three out of three, right? Mm-hmm. Now then, let's go on to the match of today. This is the 14th match. Uh, played at London between India and Australia. So, Giri, would you like to take us through the scorecard? Yes, uh, this match uh, match uh, was played at the Oval. India won the toss and uh, decided to bat first. Aaron Finch uh, said he would have also wanted to do the, do the same thing. But uh, this time, yeah, surprisingly, India chose to bat first. Uh, and Oval has been a traditionally uh, good batting track with right. a lot of high scores uh, being posted at the same ground. And I think this pitch was a reused one. It was already used once in this uh, tournament already. Um, so Virat Kohli expected that uh, the second innings would you know, uh, be a lot more difficult to bat on. So uh, India began very cautiously, um, you know, um, negating, uh, basically bunting the uh, attack of uh, Pat Cummings and uh, Mitchell Stark. They didn't give away any uh, uh, wickets. They didn't play any loose shots. Mm-hmm. Rohit Sharma and Shikha one stayed at the crease and steadily accelerated once the first change was done when Nathan Kultanaya was brought in. And then they managed to put on a partnership of 127 runs in under 23 overs. Right. Um, and uh, Rohit Sharma was dismissed for 57 runs. Mm-hmm. Virat Kohli then joined uh, Shikhar Dhawan, and then they put on another good partnership of nearly 100 runs. 
uh, Virat Kohli himself made 82 runs and Shikhar Dhawan scored a century at one of his favorite hunting grounds, uh, I read. Um, So it's 117 runs from him uh, with uh, 14 fours. had a strike rate of 107. Mm. Virat mm. Kohli stayed out till the end, until the last over, in fact. He was dismissed off the second-last delivery, uh, caught right. a deep uh, cover. Um, but Virat Kohli was joined by Hardik Pandya, Pandya uh, surprisingly, because he, uh, normally you would expect somebody like KL Rahul to come in ahead of Pandya, even Dhoni and Kedar Jadav to come in ahead of Pandya. But this was this turned out to be a very smart move. And mm. Pandya provided the required uh, you know, momentum. He hit some lusty blows, uh, three sixes and four fours in almost a uh, very quick fire 50. He scored actually 48 runs in the end. Dhoni uh, mm-hmm. came out to bat. He didn't have time to settle, so he started swinging his bat. Also made a quick fire, 27 runs. Uh, and uh, KL Rahul accepted a, a gift from uh, Marcus Toynis gleefully, a waist uh, knee-high full toss, and then dispatched it into uh, the mid-wicket boundary, and then right. managed to remain not out on 11 runs in his three balls, uh, with India managing to score 352 runs for five wickets. Australian bowlers, uh, they all went for plenty. Uh, I think pick of the bowlers has to be, I would say, Pat Cummins, because he was the only guy who went for less than six runs and over. He was in for uh, 55 runs in his uh, 10 overs and picked up a wicket right. um, of, uh, you know, Hardik Pandya. Mm. But apart from that, uh, Nathan Coulton-Isle went for one for 63 in his 10 overs. Maxwell, none for 45 in his 7 overs. Adam Zampa, with his leg spin, looked a bit troubled. He was not... Uh, you know, in form today, six overs, six overs and 50 runs for no wickets. Marcus Toynis picked up a couple of wickets in his seven overs, but still went for 62 runs. But right. sadly, uh, Mitchell Stark, their strike bowler, their prime bowler, mm. he went for a lot of runs. He looked offbeat today. Uh, he considered a lot of runs as well, uh, 74 runs in his 10 overs. So it's quite quite expensive figures. Well, uh, what yeah. a change huh, for Mitchell Stark from match to match. Indeed, yeah. So. I think the main factor here was that the ball was not swinging. There was no reverse swing. Uh, mm-hmm. We'll come to that in a bit. Uh, Australia in response began very sedately. They began, you know, it, it was a more of a sluggish start, especially from David Warner. He looked very, very uncomfortable. Not uncomfortable, not just uncomfortable, but he was not his fluent self. But Finch, on the other hand, looked uh, a lot better. And they finally managed to get a partnership going. They were scoring at less than five runs. So the asking rate was already more than seven, but they were behind the scoring rate. Mm. Um, And uh, Finch was dismissed, uh, run out. Um, I think there was no, I mean, he didn't run the first run hard or something like that. And then he was caught short. Uh, He went for 36 runs and David Warner made a slow 50. He made 56 runs before he was also dismissed uh, of the bowling of Chahal. Right. Uh, Steve Smith repeated his previous uh, performance and kind of held one end, scoring mm. a runner ball, almost runner ball, 69 runs before he was also dismissed. Uh, Khwaja tried to uh, insert some momentum uh, with 39 ball, 42 runs, but he was dismissed by Boomra, mm-hmm. uh, trying to play a ramp shot off Boomra. Can you imagine that? <laughs> mm-hmm. And um, Maxwell looked good uh, in his 28 runs, but he was always up, you know, against. The task, I think the the asking rate was too high when he came in. I think mm. He must have come in around uh, 35th over or something. But he, it, it, the stage looked set for him. You know, he could have taken the match away from the Indians. But unfortunately right. for Australia, he couldn't. It couldn't click. He, he was out, caught in the deep uh, of uh, Chahal again. Toynis was out. The second ball that he faced, everyone else got out. Nathan Coulton-Isle could not repeat his uh, heroics again. 
Pat Cummins was out for eight. Mitchell Stark also was out for three runs. And uh, Zampa was the last man to be dismissed for one run. But the guy who tried to, you know, inject some kind of uh, fight back in this innings was uh, Alex Carey, the keeper batsman. He made 55 runs uh, of his uh, 35 deliveries. Very explosive innings, but there was nobody around him to uh, support him. Uh, so Australia in the end were 316 all out in exactly 50 overs. The seamers from India bowled really well up front, um, but towards the death overs, they went for a few runs. But in the end, they picked up three wickets apiece. Bhuvaneshwar mm-hmm. Kumar, three for 15 is 10. Uh, Bumrah, three for 61 in his 10 overs. Hardik Pandya bowled his full quota of 10 overs, but uh, went for 68 runs. He couldn't pick up a wicket. Kuldeep Yadav went for 55 runs in his nine overs. Uncharacteristic of him not to pick up a wicket. Uh, Yuzvendra Chahal picked up a couple of crucial wickets uh, during the boring middle overs. Mm. And Kedar Jadav, with his right arm filth, uh, went for uh, 14 runs in a solitary over. Well. Uh, but, yeah, it was not enough in the end. Um, India managed to pull this off and uh, win the match by 36 runs. The player of the match was Shikhar Dhawan for his uh, fantastic uh, 100 runs, 117 runs uh, in the match. Right. In the end, I think the better team won. But uh, Australia could have, you know, had a smaller target had it been for a better bowling performance. And uh, I think uh, especially Mitchell Stark could have done a lot better. Of course. Also, were there not a couple of drops? Yeah. So I, I think Alex Carey dropped uh, Hardik Pandya. In the, if I remember right, it was the 38th over of uh, Nathan Coulton Isle. And it was just three balls after uh, Dhawan was dismissed. Oh, so right. Pandya was very new to the crease and uh, after this drop, you know, he went on to make 48 runs, which was a lot and uh, in also quick time. Agreed. Well, that was one of the crucial points. I was listening to our Caught Behind podcast or the Caught mm-hmm. Behind show on YouTube with uh, Noman Niyas and uh, Rashid Atif. And it was one of the points they mentioned. The other point they mentioned was that if you were to take out what was going on in the Indian innings outside of uh, Pandya, uh, Dhoni and also to a large extent uh, later Rahul, right? Mm-hmm. So the strike rate of the Indian batting effort was very close to 6 and over. So they were going to end up at 310, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But then yeah. these three people they said made the real difference by hitting out. Mm-hmm. So Pandya will probably be used in such a role uh, right through the World Cup where, uh, you know, where mm-hmm. at whatever wicket fall, when it's 47 or 46 overs, Pandya will probably walk in or even 43, 44 overs, yeah. right? And yeah. Dhoni is a good finisher, so is Jadav, right? So they can always hit out. And if there is ever a wicket falling along with whoever is the steady batter, maybe Rahul can hold one end up if required, right? Yeah. yeah. So this is a very flexible thing that India have, and that's a good thing. So the other thing is that when you look at how uh, Bumrah bowled, his uh, final statistics does not really tell the whole story mm. simply because I followed the 49th over of the innings of mm. Australian batting innings on mm. guerrilla cricket because I had a mm-hmm. break in play. Mm-hmm. And I think... Bumbra bowled fantastically well, where there were no runs scored off the bat of mm. somebody like Alex Carey on the uh, strike yeah. because yeah. this guy was already making a uh, you know 25 ball 50. Right? Mm. He pinned him down and off the five balls Alex Carey faced, he could not score a single run off the bat and there were only two buys at some mm. point in time in that. Mm. The last ball he got away with a single, right? Mm. So the 49th over of the innings went for one run off the bat and three runs overall. That was a fantastic bowling effort by Bumrah. Mm. What I really liked is, even though the match was sort of won by that stage, you know, when he mm. came into bowl, probably it was not yet won because if he sort of slipped, it would be too tough. But mm-hmm. two or three balls into the over, he did not relax. He kept coming in with the same intensity and kept getting carry beaten. Mm. So I think this is a very good sign for the Indian cricket team going forward because they are able to find that ruthlessness in them. 
yeah. right? The most crucial ruthlessness that people are looking forward to. Champions teams always show, right? Yeah. Very professional uh, attitude, I have to say. And Virat Kohli said that in his uh, post-match uh, interview as well. It was a very professional performance by the Indian cricket team. One other thing I noticed was uh, Shikhar Dhawan and uh, Rohit Chama, you know, mm-hmm. batting very patiently when they began right. against the likes of Stark and Cummins. I think India at the end of 10 overs were 41 for Nolas. Perfect. So it was yeah, it was just over four runs and over. So the next 40 overs they scored 310, 311 runs, right? So let's look at the acceleration, and they 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 were always uh, you know they they were always certain and uh, sh- sure of their abilities mm. in uh, how they would accelerate. I think they had a clear plan. They just didn't want to drop early wickets against uh, Stark and Cummins. Mm. And once uh, Stark and Cummins had uh, finished their spells, so the initial spell they started to play a bit more aggressively and especially the rotating of strike part i think was very crucial they kept taking singles and twos and you know oval is a relatively bigger ground so it has uh, wider boundaries on the squares mm. right so they could run a lot of twos there so they just t- tipped and run uh, a lot of times and when virat kohli of course uh, walked out to bat you you know what he does right he runs and runs and runs really hard he in fact i remember when dhoni came out to bat uh, Dhoni tapped one ball uh, towards the point region and then they scampered for a single and Khwaja was under so much of pressure that he tried to pick the ball up and then throw it at uh, the you know bowler's end because Dhoni was running towards that uh, end and uh, Kohli realized the ball had actually slipped out of his hand and he immediately called uh, Dhoni for another run and then they made it two runs you know just wow. at point so it was amazing running by you know two stalwarts of uh, ODI cricket. Uh, and Dhoni, um, he he just showed us that he doesn't just you know play himself in uh, uh, during the initial part of his innings. He went uh, you know uh, out for his shots from the word go. So he just showed us another dimension of his game. So that has not disappeared, right? So he's still there and there about. Fantastic. Yeah. Well, a uh, couple of other small points quickly. Mm-hmm. So. From the Australian innings, you saw that, you know, Kwaja came in at four. He's usually batting at three because he's sort of an opener, right? Mm. So suddenly, mm. he, I was surprised to look that he was batting at four. But then I realized the batsman who got first out was Finch. So the idea to promote Smith to number three may have been only for this match or for these sort of matches where they wanted to preserve the left and right combination to make it tough for the leggies mm. in the overs, right? Mm. So that's why probably Steve Smith was promoted and Kwaja mm. was held back. So that... Once Warner got out, Kwaja walked out to bat. So you could see that uh, the idea was to keep the left and right combination going. So that might mm. be a good, you know, a good move from the Australian, mm. at least the think tank, right? All in all, I think India uh, won this match very comfortably. So if you were to look at the points table quickly, uh, after this victory, India are now up to third in the table with two out of two wins and with a relatively healthy plus 0.539 net mm-hmm. Right. But they have Australia played uh, one match less than uh, New Zealand and England. Indeed. And Australia yeah. are, are fourth and they have mm-hmm. played three matches. Right. And they have played three, won two and lost one to India. And their net run rate is also very similar. It's plus 0.483. Mm-hmm. Now, going further, if you were to look at uh, tomorrow's match, I think tomorrow's match is a really, really crucial match where West Indies take on South Africa. Right. It's going to be played in Southampton. Mm-hmm. And if you look at this match, it's probably a do-or-die situation for South Africa, right? Yeah. If they were to lose this, I think they're more or less out of uh, contention for the mm-hmm. uh, knockout matches. But as far as mm-hmm. West Indies are concerned, they'll also be sort of itching to get back on the field and do well because they let Australia off the hook 
previously in yep. this uh, yep. World Cup, and they should have taken that game uh, having come that close. So they'll want to reassert their confidence and uh, continue with the win, right? On the other hand, if, as uh, we discussed, if South Africa can't win, they're in a lot of trouble. But unfortunately, it looks like, you know, the stars, so to say, are not really with South Africa because it looks like Lugingidi is still injured and he's doubtful for tomorrow's game, mm. right? So we don't know if he'll be playing or not. And we'll get to know that only if just before the start. Mm-hmm. So this is another thing that South Africa could have done without. But unfortunately, uh, needs must and they have uh, bowlers and batters. So probably Buren Hendricks will come in place of... Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, one of the spinners tomorrow. I'm uh, Tabresh Shamsi, I think. Mm. And as we already opined previously, JP Dominion may lose his place or he might be promoted, right? So that he's given another chance to hit out. Right? Yeah, but I think they need a good start from Amla and uh, Quinton de Kock. It's long due. Uh, I think uh, one, if that works out, uh, they should be fine. South Africa should be fine. Let's see how that goes. But all in all, it'll be a really, really tough match, right? Mm-hmm. Now, if you were to look at the other World Cup related news, so Duan Pradeep has been ruled out of the Bangladesh match due to an injury. So he's, uh, I think he suffered an injury to the bowling hand and uh, it has been excited and he has been uh, suggested some rest. Right? Oh, okay. And, uh, you know, in a slightly interesting, you know, topic, probably not very topical when it comes to the matches and the results, but sort of a byplay. You mm-hmm. know, I was reading about this that, you know, it looks like the bales also have started favoring the batters. Right. This is the last thing you may imagine bowlers may have wanted, considering that so many 300 plus scores have already been made. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, it looks like multiple times the batter blocking the ball and the ball rolling back and sort of touching the stumps or maybe just, you know, also knocking on the stumps, not just touching it, but the bail not getting dislodged. Right. Mm-hmm. So there are at least five such instances in this World Cup already where, you know, one was to Adil Rashid and then there was... A uh, Bolt who was bowling to Karana Ratna in a match against New Zealand and Sri Lanka, where that mm-hmm. didn't work. Australia West Indies, where Stark was bowling to Gale, and you know, again, mm-hmm. the same thing. The ball may have shaved the off stump, but actually, the bail did not fall, right? And England and Bangladesh, we saw that Mohammed Saifuddin, who had the ball hit his stumps in the bowling of Stokes, and mm-hmm. it did really dislodge the bail, but Stokes remedied it the very next ball by sort of taking out uh, all the stumps very easily. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. The last of which was India versus Australia, where you know Warner sort of while yeah. trying to drag one, almost brought one out of the stumps, but the ball didn't dislodge a bail. This was, this was actually uh, of the first delivery he faced uh, from Jasprit Bumrah. So I think wow. it was probably the second over. Right. That would have been the innings. Thing as well and it might have actually uh, you know helped Australia because he, we might have had uh, more acceleration at the top of the order because he looked very scratchy, Warner. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. So you never know. All right. So another interesting topic just to talk about, right? All right. Yeah. Uh, going forward, uh, there is um, one more, uh, you know, international match that is currently in progress or that has just finished. So this is the England women versus West Indies women second ODI. So in this ODI as well, England women comfortably have beaten the West Indian women, right? So if you were to briefly look at the scores, England women batting first made 233 for seven, and West Indian women were only able to make 87 for six, chasing a uh, Duckworth Lewis turn a reduced target of 209 in 28 hours. So it was a complete one-sided victory again, who won this match by 121 runs based on DLS. Now, if you were to go on to the other, uh, you know, cricket-related news from outside the field, playing field, mm-hmm. you know, Ashley Barty, uh, who played BBL, right, between 2014 and 2016, has gone on to win the French Open Women's Trophy yesterday. 
so i don't know if there are many such instances where an active or a just a former uh, cricketer went on to win a tennis tournament so uh, our congratulations to ash barty for her fantastic achievement so she's been an elite sports person in two sports not just in tennis but also in cricket so it came out that she in 2014 she had given up her tennis career to sort of pick up a career in cricket but then in 2016 she went back to her first love and now she has won french open so it looks like she's done the right thing but in that main time she was good enough a sports person to have gotten a contract and played bbl right mm-hmm. so this is one of those another one of those stories from australian women's cricket just like you know the uh, elise perry elise perry yeah right who played yeah. uh, both in the football and the cricket world cups Mm. So it's it's a fantastic fantastic story and very mm. nice to read about these things when they come out. Multi talented, right? yeah. Of course, great. So now going on to the trivia section. The trivia question uh, question from the previous episode was, which current coaching staff member from the Sri Lankan team has previously worked with the Pakistan team until very recently? So our uh, supporter and listener uh, Yogesh has written in again with the right answer. The right answer is Steve Rickson. Uh, so Steve Rickson was until recently the fielding coach of Pakistan team, but uh, he has now been hired by Sri Lankan cricket and is now the fielding coach of the Sri Lankan cricket team, right? I hope he may have some interesting stories to tell the Sri Lankan boys. Also, maybe some trade secrets. We don't know how that works, but uh, I think he's a very professional person and I don't think those things will happen. But nonetheless, it was very interesting that, you know, even yesterday I remember Abdullah was uh, commenting that the fielding standards of Pakistan had slipped a little. Uh, when Steve Rickson left, I think he left in a half because I don't think he, him and the Pakistan cricket board saw eye to eye at the end of his tenure. So it was not a, you know, let's say mutually uh, fondly remembered farewell, but sort of a very acrimonious exit. So uh, I, who knows, he may carry some interesting tales over to the other dressing room, right? All right. Mm-hmm. The trivia question for this episode is, uh, today was a match between India and Australia, and this was the 12th encounter between the two teams in the World Cups. So, given that there have been 12 encounters, can you tell how many wins each team has in the World Cups when playing each other, right? So, the one of the clues I can give you is there have been no uh, rained out matches. So, out of 12, if you add up the wins from both the teams, you will get 12 full wins, right? That's the clue I can give you. So mm-hmm. you could get in touch with us for to give us the answer to the trivia question or leave us your comments and feedback through social media platforms like Twitter, where you know you can reach us at ArmcheckRipod or on Facebook. You can reach our Facebook page, right? You can write into us at armchecker.cricket at gmail.com. Also, there are multiple platforms on which you could listen to the podcast and subscribe to it, right? Please do subscribe and when you listen to the podcast episode, if you have any comments or suggestions, please do write into us. This will really keep us motivated and uh, you know help us keep going. Now that we're doing these World Cup digests, there's plenty to look forward to, least uh, of all the match tomorrow between West Indies and South Africa. So I really hope uh, our listeners and supporters are tuned in and they continue to listen to our podcast episodes. Having said all that, it's a goodbye from me. And it's a goodbye from him. Bye-bye. You're listening to the Armchair Cricket Podcast.